today but I because uh, more and more you have to do things in seasons there's seasons of teaching seasons of prayer seasons of worship prayer is always the foundation you have seasons when it lingers have singers you have seasons where a season that we've entered into where based on prices that have been paid okay destinies begin to be passed out okay and it won't always be because the person paid that price it will be because sometimes we are paying the price for others. I mean, you know, Jesus paid the price for us to walk in certain things. Well, that has never changed. It's not always what you do. Sometimes there are a group of people like this church. We pay the price for people to walk into their destinies. We, we pay the price to have their backing. And so I just wanted to share with you a dream that I just had last night. I haven't shared it with my wife yet. You know, I had a dream last night and uh, I think it's my fourth destiny dream. This was a destiny dream. Many of you, most of you, if not all of you know that my pastor is Bishop David Oyedepo in Nigeria. Okay, one of the most powerful men in the planet when it comes to revival right now. And, uh, and so the Lord instructed me, you know, yeah, I can't hold back anymore. Let me, yeah, I'm not preaching my other message. Told you, you have to be here. You don't know what's gonna happen over here. I mean, we might be getting out at 10.30 today. Okay, so, so, but, but, uh, um, I was under someone else that's, uh, that rejected You can go ahead and be seated now. I was under someone else that rejected me. Um, rejected me unnecessarily. Rejected me hard. Uh, rejected me. It was just really... It's the only thing... Thank you. It's the only thing that my wife thought that I uh, lied about in our marriage. Uh, when I told her the reason why this person rejected me. Oh, thank you. And... Uh, and so me, me recognizing things, let me say something. Unless the Lord gives you a specific strong word, you have a right to reject and accept whoever you want to. Remember that. I wasn't taught that. We were taught loyalty at all costs. You know what I'm saying? It isn't nowhere in the scripture. Okay. The only time you see that type of loyalty at all costs is in issues where it was privately and publicly known that you were a person's replacement. David had to be loyal regardless to what Saul did because he was Saul's replacement. Elijah had to be loyal to Elijah no matter what Elijah did because Elijah was his replacement. Y'all follow that? And so what men have done is, is that they've used those isolated cases of loyalty, no matter even if the leader is trying to kill you as a way to control masses amount of people. And so now when I get off track and I become a terrible or a bad pastor instead of a good one, then we lord that over people and say, well, if the Lord sent you here, you can never leave me. Well, in that case, then send all of the people back that came from another church. 
Hey. And so, so, you know, me being me recognizing certain things when I started the church, um, you know, I, I have been hesitant and slow to share certain things. The more I begin to share certain things, I'm freeing up. You know, this, these last five years were about me freeing up people. Hey. Uh, now it's me freeing up people while at the same time freeing up uh, future people, future prophets, future pastors, ministers, evangelism, missions, all of these individuals that's been held back based on the erroneous and false teaching of men who may have started out right but ended up falling by the wayside. Y'all got me. So this is very, very important. And this is for business also, okay, because there are some businesses that are owned by men and you are their replacement also. You don't know that yet, but you'll see that. Okay, so, so uh, as I begin to recognize this, the Lord, uh, when it was time for me to open up the church, the Lord gave me a scripture. And, uh, and I never remember that scripture. Is it Proverbs 2017? Uh, it doesn't matter what it is. Y'all can look it up. Google it. It says, if my mother and father reject me, the Lord will take me up. When the Holy Spirit gave me that scripture, I knew that I had the right to be under whoever I wanted to be under. And so and I and that was scripture was given to me because I said, Lord, I don't want on my ministry where I came from to be on my ministry. I'm just keeping it real with y'all. See, some of the things that I'm stepping into now is, is that you have men who think that they are generals and may have been one at one time. And 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 when you leave a ministry, sometimes people want to hold you down. You don't have a right to be on their level. I've been told that all my life since I've been a Christian. You don't have a right to be on our level. You don't have a right to preach on our level. I was never told that what I was preaching was sin or unscriptural. I was just told I did not have a right to preach. You know, it's this holding down mentality, the good old boy network, they call it, you know, that's in the church, too. You know, where where the leader wants all of the honor and attention on himself. So we don't want the common people to walk in anything. But the Bible says fivefold ministry gift is for the purpose of teaching the people to do the work of the ministry. If you're supposed to do the work, seem like you're supposed to have the power. Wouldn't you all agree? That's just common sense. Tell a five year old kid. They're like, they're like, yeah, that makes sense to me. And so I said, I reject that, Lord. I don't want that on my ministry because I see where it's going and where I saw it going is exactly where it is. OK. And so I said, I don't want that on my ministry. It's prideful and it's arrogant. It's going to tear up everything. And so that's when the Lord gave me an instruction of being under this. It's amazing. One little, see, I see the Lord doing stuff on me. He'll give me one little thing and it turns into a sermon. And that's his way of telling me, yeah, that little thing he was going to preach. Yeah, put that in the trash right now. Because <laughs> it's important for destiny's sake. And so uh, and so <clears throat> so that's when the Lord instructed me to be under Bishop Oudipo. That is your pastor. That is your leader. You must follow him. So I think it would be good for me to do this because I know more and more there are pastors that are reaching out to me almost every, maybe every other week now. And they're just listening. And I didn't realize how much of an impact we were having, not just me. I had a lady, I had a lady send me this long text. I know I'm still in the story, but it's my only sermon. So I got little side notes. I had a lady send me a long email from another state. And she was just talking about how much the, the, uh, the blessing of the ministry had been to her. And um, she's in another state. She gives online. She said, I follow everything. What was very interesting is she started out by saying, oh, my God, I love you and your wife's sermons. And then guess what she went through? She long email. She began to listen to all of the stuff that y'all say on the microphone. 
this person said this and it blessed me. And, and that girl that said this and she was giving testimonies of people. I was like, I don't even remember a person saying that in the service. So, so that's what we're doing. So back to the story. So, so there's this thing out there that you don't have a right to be a general. You know, the ones who have made themselves generals, we don't want any new up and coming generals. And the process is to create as many generals as possible. It's because you got a title to mean you are a general. Okay. You know, it's very, very important for you to recognize something very, very important. There are so many leaders that are pastoring and God has left them. And they don't know that. God left Saul, but he stayed in his position for another 38 years. And the one that the anointing was on, it took him almost 38 years to get fully into into position. And that's why the scripture says there was a long battle and war between the house of Saul and the house of David. But it said the house of David became stronger and stronger while the house of Saul became weaker and weaker. It represents two mentalities of leadership, one arrogant, one humble. One scene with no power, one behind the scenes killing animals like crazy. Y'all got me. Okay, so, so all of this began to happen. And then um, when I first started the church, um, you know, this and, and, and this man of God, this is going to be my only message. So I'm going to just take this slow. I think the Lord wants me to give you all three dreams. This because to help you understand how destiny dreams work. So this man of God, he. At this point, they grow by about 20, 30,000 people a month in Muslim territory. They're building a 100,000 seat sanctuary right now. Um, it's too small for them to have six services a Sunday uh, before they move in. They're connected to a mall. I mean, they're connecting them all to it. I'm not, I'm not talking about no little flea market type. I'm talking about like, you know, that stuff that you can't have afford to buy. Yeah, them type of malls. I mean, the baptismal pools, is, they're literally man-made lakes. Um, they have their own power plant, have their own water plant. Their own electric, electric power plant is electricity. Because how they're changing the community is by just changing it. They own 25,000 acres of land, so now they're creating their own apartment buildings, creating their own vehicles, creating their own neighborhoods, their own homes. And so that's what it means by when the meek shall inherit the earth and that's what it means by the violet taken by force. And that will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And, and so one of the things that I liked about him, though, is that I never wanted to be under someone that was arrogant and prideful because I know where that goes. And he carries himself, though, like he has five, five people. And, and I know it's go, yes, this is good. Thank you, Jesus. So, so let, me, let me give an example of that. How many, how many know that you expect the man with maybe the, at this point the fastest growing church in the world to be arrogant? You expect him to be walking around on the cloud and all that type of stuff. And uh, no, this man still walks out by himself in town just to get people saved. No MODs. Over here, we got to have MODs. We got to have security guards at our own church. These dudes overseas, Zhang Cho walking around by himself. This guy walking around in Muslim territory. Everybody knows who he is. Driving his own car. Y'all see the mentality? Okay. And so... Uh, but he cared. so the secretary was praying. His secretary was praying, and the Holy Ghost told the secretary, "Go tell your pastor." I said, "Just to be watch his pride." Okay, some things have been going on. He was, you know, you know, when you got a little bit of success, people hit you. You can buck up on them. Hey, man, I knew God before you were born. You know, say so nothing. You know, I mean, you want to? Y'all know how it is. You know, just people come at you. It's just crazy how people come at you. Okay, and so he. Uh, 
And so, um, so the secretary went over to the door. She said, hey, Bishop, you know, I'm just letting you know the Holy Spirit. I was praying. The Holy Spirit said he's wanting to give you a word to watch your pride. Okay, and how many, you know, the typical pastor, you don't tell me I know God, you the second. You pushing paper ain't got nothing to do with your ability to hear from God, folk. Because you got a title don't mean you can hear it all. He said, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Went to the congregation and publicly apologized if he had been walking in pride. I wanted to be under that type of leadership. Okay. And so when I first opened up the church, I had a dream. And in the dream, this all leads up to the last one. Um, in the dream, Bishop Oedipo was standing in the back of the sanctuary. With, and, and, and most of the dreams, he always had these two other Nigerian gentlemen with him. He was standing in the back of the sanctuary. And right in the midst of the service, he said, follow me. And when he said, follow me in the dream, I was concerned about how my congregation would feel about me following this man. But nevertheless, I walked out the sanctuary. When I walked out the sanctuary, I was in Nigeria. And when I, when I was standing in Nigeria, I was standing in front of his offices. He was standing there, and he, this is what he said. Come up to my office. That's twofold, by the way. So, and then he disappeared. It's a good dream, isn't it? And then he disappeared. Because we have to move over to the, the dream. The Lord was speaking to me about dreams. That we have to press into that more. It's so lacking in the body of Christ. So he said, come up to my office. And so I went into the building. I began to climb up the stairs. That climb represented years. And so, and it was up. Because over the years, I will keep going up and up and up as long as I do the right thing. Um, as Bishop Oedipo says, you don't wait on prophecy to come to pass. You warfare for it to come to pass. So I'm going up, 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 up. And as I'm going up, I'm passing other apostles and bishops and pastors of churches that I know. And as I'm going past them, this is all prophetic, by the way, it's showing the future. As I'm going past them, you know, how you, you know how somebody is in a rush and they brush past you on the way up the stairs or the escalator. As I brush past them, they're looking at me like the look is, what are you doing on this level? Cause, you know, there's some people, they don't want you to be on that level. That's that crab mentality. You're trying to get out the bucket and that crab grab you right by the leg. No, you stand down here with us. Because if you came out of us, you could never be better than us. <laughs> anyway. See, we, we on purpose creating people better than us. So, so I got to the top and then I walked in his office and he was standing there with a big flask of oil. I want you to share yours too. Well, you, you had already planned on doing it? Okay. <laughs> uh, because let me tell you something. You become what you follow. And you become what you're connected to. So there's two ways to be able to tell where you're going in your personal life. What we're connected to and my kids. Because if you don't like my kids, that's what's going to show up in your life. Because the Bible says if a man can't take care of his family how will he ever be able to take care of the church of God? Hey, so, sorry, I'm dropping some bombs in. This is good. This is Jesse the Planet. I'm going to have to bottle tape myself. Hey, so I, I walked in his office. He had a flask of oil, and he said, lift your hands. And then he took off his belt, and he wrapped the belt around me. And uh, he began to pour the oil. This is how I, I, this is how I woke up out of the dream. 
he began to pour the oil on top of my head. And he said, as long as you follow me, he said, you will come to a place like me where you will see everything you say. And he's saying this and he's pouring the oil over me. And um, and it just feels like I'm being electrocuted. And so as this is going on, I wake up out of that, sit straight up in my bed because I thought it was real. One of the things about dreams is God will use it to make something happen for real that you could not make happen for real. So dreams are not fake. That's why dreams don't lie. You may not understand it. You may not understand the symbolism, but the dream does not lie. And sometimes you have a mirror dream. Sometimes a dream is just show, simply showing you where you are. You don't want to hear the truth. So a dream is given to give you what you want. <laughs> That's very scary, and very dangerous. If you don't want to hear the truth, you are open for deception from your dreams to prophecy to everything. So that was the first dream. Can you share yours? Yeah. So then my wife, she had a dream. Thank you. This is what the church is missing out on, y'all. Just... Well, here's the thing. I'm not my own. Yeah, there you go. I'm not really sure if it was a dream. It was an experience. Yeah. And I've been asking the Lord, was I really in Nigeria? Was I really there? Did you transport me there? Was I really on that platform in Nigeria? Because I... Sorry. Can I just add this? I interrupted you on purpose. <laughs> I got to see the last video while I was preaching. She just put my hand down and started preaching. I just put that one up yesterday. So... Let me, let me say something. Y'all remember when Paul said he was caught up to heaven? Yes. He said, I couldn't tell if I was in my body or out of my body, but the experience was real. And so this is how sometimes you can be awake and have a dream. And sometimes you can be asleep and have a vision. And sometimes you can be awake and asleep and watch this. Your physical body here is here, but God will transport your spirit to another place. It's just so the science behind it is ridiculous, but it's something that the mainstream body of Christ rejects. And so that's why we're using the young people. So they go into the dark side to get this. I'm sorry. Carry on, Sister Turnbow. So I was awakened in the middle of the night and I went to the restroom. I came back and I just climbed in the bed. And as soon as I laid my head on the pillow, I mean, boom, I'm in Nigeria. Bishop, are you going to pull us behind? It's just a sea of people. If you've ever seen his uh, broadcast or his videos, you know, he has this circular platform and all the people are everywhere. So Bishop E. Oyedepo is behind me. All the people are here. And I'm on the platform on my knees. And my hands are lifted. And Faith Oyedepo is laying her hands on my head. That's his wife. And she's prophesying over me. And I'm just, I'm just on my knees, just like I am now. She's prophesying and speaking over me. And just as quick as it happened, it was over. And I was back in my bed. And when I awakened, I didn't remember it happened. It wasn't until later on, when I'm at my kitchen sink, my husband's on the grill, I'm at the kitchen sink, I'm resting off the meat, and I'm putting the meat out for him to grill. And I remember this experience. And I thought, oh! I forgot all about this. How did I forget this? How did I wake up and did not remember this happened to me? And so I have my husband come in the house so I can tell him the experience. And as I get on the ground, just like I did for you, to demonstrate what happened, I felt the presence of God all over me again, as if I was right back in Nigeria as I'm trying to retell the story. 
So again, I don't know. I just know it was an experience and it was real. I don't know if I was in a vision or in a dream and it does not matter, but that woman had her hands, I mean, she had her hands on me. Bishop Oyedipo was behind her. The people were there and she was prophesying over me and then it was over. Now, it's, it's, we call it weird, but it's just simply real experiences. You know, anything that you're underdeveloping, you will call weird. And so one of the things that, this is why it's so important for you to, particularly when you're praying in tongues, um, how many of you pray in tongues and your dialect changes? Or, or some of us, we know this, you're praying in tongues and, and a word will come out or a phrase. You have no idea what this means, but you have to repeat it. Well, most likely what happened is, is that, because this is something I hadn't shared with her yet. What most likely happened is Bishop Oedipo's wife was probably in prayer. And she was praying in the spirit. And then probably as she was praying in the spirit, she heard a word, Lorana, Lorana. And when you hear that word, sometimes you just have to keep on saying the word, you know, to him who has more shall be given. You, 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 you speak out what you have and then more, more comes. And so Lorana, Lorana, and she probably in her prayer time began to prophesy over a woman she did not know. Because my wife is in the bed, Faith Oedipo is maybe in her room, but in the spirit, they're before the Lord, and there's a connection, and that's how that works, you know? I mean, and this is what the, uh, the dark side is doing. They're doing stuff like astral projection. Most Christians don't even, know what that is, don't even know what it is. They're doing it, and the church doesn't know how it is. I was listening to a testimony yesterday of a lady dealing with some high-level witchcraft, and she got ready to cast a demon on the man, and the demon said, you ain't never dealt with nobody like me before. She said, you ain't never dealt with nobody like me before. She said, there's nothing you can do that I have not seen. She said she had to eat those words because before her very eyes, the man turned into a full wolf, spun around three times and disappeared. She's just standing there. And then the thing reappeared. I told you, you ain't never dealt with nothing like me before. She said, and I told you, you ain't never dealt with nothing like me before. He turned into a full wolf again and disappeared. It's an intimidation tactic. That's high-level stuff. These American preachers, they ain't ready for that. They don't even know that stuff exists. It's coming, though. Well, it's already here in America. See? So third time when he appeared, she just punched him in the chest, slammed him on the ground, <laughs> and took her six hours to get the demon out of that man. So these dudes tell me they always get instantaneous results. You don't cast out demons. Okay? So... Those are the first that we, we, it's important for us to share in this so that you won't be, because you're going to start having experiences like this. I'm amazed at what God will not allow in a church because the pastor doesn't believe in it. It's almost like he respects the pastor. Now he'll be standing in great judgment because of it. That's why there's so many people that they go to a church where they don't believe in all of that dream and vision stuff. I've told pastors, tell me that to my face. I want to hear all that. It's always about what the people might do. It's always about, well, they might get too empowered and they might feel like that. Okay, fine. You go ahead. I ain't standing before the Lord like that. And so people come here and then they instantly start having dreams. Okay. Or their dreams start picking up because you're in a place where everything is allowed. Righteous, that is. <laughs> Got to clarify yourself nowadays. Okay, so that was the first two dreams. The second dream was my favorite. This was a very short dream. And in the dream, there was this beautiful luxury car. In a dream, 
your car 99% of the time represents the vehicle that's going to get you to your destiny or it represents your ministry, your business, possibly your job. Okay. And so and the type of vehicle, like if it's a sports car, it could represent two different things. The sports car could represent that you showing off. Or it could represent that your ministry is getting ready to move with speed. If it's a beautiful luxury car, luxury cars in a dream are used to show the nature of your ministry. So pray for a Rolls Royce. Now, if you, you're in a dream and, and you're in a hoopty, the Lord is like you making it, but hey, you got to come up. And, 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 you know, so whatever this was, it was not a Rolls Royce. It was a beautiful brown color, which represented this man's earthly ministry. Brown is used to represent earth because earth is dirt is brown. It was the only slow motion dream that I've had. That's why it was so cool. I mean, you know, God is cool. We the ones lame. And this thing was sitting here and it was something beyond. A, it was something beyond a Rolls Royce. So it represented that his ministry was going to be something that had never been seen before. So the dream is in the dream. It dream starts with. Bishop Oyedepo walking towards the car because they're sitting at the curb and these two other Nigerian men walking behind him and I'm walking towards the car. We're all walking towards the car, but it's in slow motion. Okay, it's in slow motion like this. Oh, that dream is so cool. And so so as we approach the car, the doors open on their own. And then Bishop Oyedepo gets in the front seat passenger side. The two other Nigerian men get in the back seat of this luxury vehicle. They get in first. I get in behind them. The doors close on their own. And I look up the front seat and I see Bishop Oyedepo just sitting there on the passenger side. There is no person in the driver's seat, but the engine turns on and the steering wheel begins to move on its own. And as it drives down the street, the dream ended. The interpretation of that dream was that this man's ministry is something beyond the norm in this planet. And though even though he had been entrusted with the ministry, he was allowing the Holy Spirit to drive his ministry. The reason why I was behind him is because me, I represent the American dude and the other guys represent the other many Nigerian pastors that he had. We're following. And this is what the interpretation of the dream was. This man is following the Holy Spirit. And because you are following him, as long as you follow him and he's following the Holy Spirit, you're going to end up at the same destination as he is. This is crazy, ain't it? Okay. That's a good dream. Ain't it? Okay. I told y'all, I laugh at it. Look, my wife and I just laugh all day long. Yep. My, my sister says it this way. They don't even see y'all coming. I said, no, they don't. And it's going to be full humility because they don't see us coming. But, but by the time it's too late, you got to make sure you're carrying yourself very low because then they realize, can you teach us to do the same thing? Yeah, but you have to humble yourself, which means you're probably not qualified. Marche says it this way. They don't know, but they about to know. <laughs> like, okay, y'all, we have to, okay, y'all, keep it now, give it now. Yeah. Okay, to do something different, the Lord told Oedipo, he said, I'm taking you an entirely different route than other pastors because they can't handle it. And now they see it. And now men from around the world, white, black, Chinese, Puerto Rican, polka dot Russian, all sitting over there in Nigeria. This is a side note. Some of you will have no idea what I'm talking about. Be patient with me for five years. 
Some of you know who Kenneth Hagin Sr. is. One of the most powerful men of God during the century. One of the most. Some people have treated him. He did not carry himself this way. But people have made him a God. In the charismatic circles, they've made Kenneth Hagin Sr. a God. Everything is about what Kenneth Hagin did. Kenneth Hagin did. Kenneth Hagin did. Kenneth Hagin was doing what the Holy Spirit told him to do. Why don't you do what you're supposed to be doing? But it made him a God. And so I watched different pastors try to sow large amounts of money to Kenneth Hagin because they wanted his anointing and his power when he died. Um, but Bishop Oyedipo is the man who received Kenneth Hagin's mantle. He said something that I will never forget. He said, it is with the heart that you connect to a man, not with your money. You can't buy nothing from God. You couldn't afford it if you had all the gold. Whew. Bishop Oedipo said, I'm, I'm teaching y'all how to grab stuff. You know what I'm saying? This is the stuff the church don't know nothing about. Because they're chasing conferences and, and, and y'all, Jesus. So tired of these raggedy pastors, I don't know what to do. I told them, I don't know where I was. I think it was Thursday when we were there. Yeah, it was Thursday at the prayer service. And I told them, honestly, y'all remember that scene in, in, in Scripture? When Jesus was with the disciples and with the religious Pharisees, he just hollered out, how long do I got to be with y'all? Y'all remember that? Read the Bible, folks. Read the Bible. Quit looking at Looney Tunes all day long on Saturday morning. Okay. So, Bishop Oedipo said he followed Kenneth Hagin. He said, but I never sold a dime into his ministry. He said, I was minding my own business in Nigeria. And the Holy Ghost said, the great eagle is getting ready to be called home. <laughs> Ooh, I'm about to kill the church religion, but they ain't ready for me. They ain't ready for none of us. Um, the great eagle is about to be called home. And so I want you to go to one of his meetings over in America. Okay. Now, Bishop Oedipo flies over to the meeting. See, carry yourself. What does the scripture say? It says... When you go to a place or you're invited to a place, it says, don't just automatically try to sit on the front row. Now, here we try to get you to sit on the front row. You know what I'm saying? We try to, come on, y'all, come on up here. They try to sit over and hide in the corners, all that type of stuff. Okay. Uh, it says, unless you take someone else's seat, and then you get embarrassed with it and say, hey, you got to move. Okay. The president is here. Step back. It says, sit back and then ask to be moved up. That way, you're like, everybody's like, well, who are, who are they? You know, they boom. Okay, so, so Bishop Oedipo flew over there, and instead of announcing himself that he's one of the biggest growing churches and fastest growing churches in the world, him and his team would over there and just sat in the audience. <laughs> See, I did. Sat in the audience. He said, Kenneth Hagin was preaching, and he said, all of a sudden, he said, I don't understand this, so don't ask me after service. All of a sudden, he said, Kenneth Hagin's face turned into that of a face of a small child. And his face began to just drip with oil. And then he said his his chest opened up. And he said there was some type of blue flame in the middle of his chest. And all people just sitting in the audience looking at this. And he said the, the blue flame shot out of Kenneth Hagin, came across the audience and then shot into Bishop Oedipo sitting in the audience. He said heaven opened and then he heard God say with an audible voice, 
You now have this man's mantle and where he ended is where you will start. That's what I'm connected to. So I care. That's what these preachers got to say about me. Low level. That's where we're going. That's crazy, ain't it? This is for everybody. There's something we'll have to teach on later. You got something called. There is a reason why most superheroes wear capes. That's representative of what rests upon all of us in the spiritual realm. Okay. There's something called mantles. When a man of God or a business person or even just regular what we call, I mean, there ain't no such thing as a regular Christian. You might act regular, but ain't no such thing as regular. When a person that is doing something for God dies and they walk in a gifting, when they die, they die, but the mantle just rests out there in the spiritual. Y'all remember that scene in Dr. Strange? Y'all got to watch these superhero. Everybody need to sign up with Marvel. Right now in the, Father, I want to play a Marvel anointing for them to watch the superhero movies. Take their behinds to see Avenger and Black Panther and Iron Man. All of that stuff is teaching you about the spiritual realm. Go watch Doctor Strange. You can probably watch it free on demand. Okay? With, with, or Netflix. Netflix. Thank you. Netflix. Doctor Strange, you know, when he was learning about his superhero powers and all of that, um, he got to a certain level and he was in his place and there was a cape. And if you saw this, the cape rested on him. And when the cape rested on him, it gave him special abilities. It's another side note. No, I better finish this note first. Remind me to come back to the cape. Okay, so, so that's what happened to Bishop Oedipo. Kenneth Copeland has confirmed that also. And most American pastors don't know that. So when Kenneth, now I did not know this had happened. Because I didn't know Oedipo yet. When Kenneth Hagin died, the church that I was at, I was in the chapel. I had to sneak, in the, sneak into the chapel and pray. I was sitting there praying. Somebody came in there, pray, Otha, pray. Kenneth Hagin has died, pray. I, this God is my witness. I was sitting right there, and the Holy Spirit said, that man has come up here with us. You need to pray for his sons because they're getting ready to act, for, act a fool. <laughs> That's exactly what he said. Everybody running around, all that type of stuff. Pray, blah, blah. Uh, no, I'm pretty sure if Kenneth Hagin died, he ain't coming back. You know, ain't nothing I'm about to pray to bring him back. Y'all know what I'm saying? If he gone, he gone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they just, but when you see somebody as an idol sometimes, the man was in his, what, how old the man? Was he in the 80s? In the 80s. And the man died exactly how he said he was going to die. <laughs> he told people how he was going to die. And then when he died the way he said he was going to die, we got to resurrect him. No, no, no. The man said that he was going to die this particular way. Just... But I love the way that God said that. The great eagle is getting ready to be called home. Okay, so back to the cape thing for a second. I was at a man, this is before I was at another church. Because there are things sometimes and feelings that you don't understand that happen to you. And you know it's wrong, but you can't explain it. You know it's good, but you can't explain it. I was a prophet meeting. I might have shared this recently. It was a meeting. There was a prophet there um, walking in a similar anointing as Lisa. And, and so I was, he called me up. Long story short, he called me up. He prayed for me. He said, you're getting ready to receive a mantle from a man of God that you greatly respect. It was not a pastor. It was another man that I greatly respected. He said it would give you special abilities, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So he laid hands on me. I received it. Boom, didn't think nothing of it. There was an African gentleman that was there. And the African gentleman, he called me later because he freaked out. He said, when that man called you up, he said, when you stood up and stood before him, he said there was a vest made out of gold and light that dropped through the ceiling. And he said, it just hovered above your head, moving like this, just like that cape 
Dr. Strange. He said, just hovered. And he said the thing was made out of some type of gold and light at the same time. And he said that thing just hovered above your head. And he said it was a vest. And he said that man talked, that man talked. He said, but when that man laid hands on you, he said the vest just simply came on you real slow. He said, and it had fit perfect like Jesus was the tailor. These are mantles. These are giftings. These are powers. When you saw me pray for Lisa, it's nothing super, well, it is mystical, you know, but the Bible says that Moses, I want you to think about something. All of the work that Moses had done, his 40 years of being in the palace, his 40 years of being in the desert, his 40 years of being out there with all of those individuals and all of the wisdom and understanding that he had gained, in one moment it was transferred to another man simply because he touched him. That's why you always got to be careful. Don't be just letting people touch you. Especially when at the airport, you know, these people want to read your palm. You can read this fist. You remember Seth and the Son? How about I give you five big ones to read? How about that right across your lips? <laughs> okay. So only letting people, man, if there was a dream a girl had, and in the dream, she was out at a place, at a restaurant. She got ready to sign the receipt, and the pen touched her hand. And, and when the pen touched her hand, it was a dot. And in a dream, she's just looking at the dot, looking at the dot. But then the dot began to spread. And then the dream ended. She had no idea what that meant. I got to teach y'all this stuff. Lord has you looking for clues. He loves to play this chase the carrot type of game. So a couple weeks later or a week later, could have been a few days later, she's at the airport. Now, in the dream, she's at a restaurant. But she's at the airport in the food court. And an Indian woman with a dot on her head says, ma'am, I see something on you. Could I have your hand, please? And she remembered the dream. Nope. You can have these five big ones across your lips, though. <laughs> okay. So that's the nature of these dreams. Last two and then we're done. Yeah. One of the dreams was not so good concerning Oyedipo. In this dream... I was at a church right here in Atlanta. It's a huge mega church. And for some reason, I was the guest speaker. As I was the guest speaker, oh, I can't share that. Jesus, I can't share that. Because that would tell you about the nature of this church. But, um, well, I can say this. Before I preached, one of the people at the church said, now, whatever you do, don't go over the time. Because we don't move by the spirit like that. Don't go over that time. And I'm like, they'll be okay. I have an illustrious message from heaven and I'm full of the Holy Ghost. She said, wonderful. Don't go over the time. And as I'm preaching, the ministerial staff is sitting there asleep. This is a major word church. If I say it, everybody will know who it is. Okay, major word church. Everybody's sitting there asleep. I want to, let me tell you something. When that clock hit zero, the congregation got up like I had been given a benediction. They didn't care what I was preaching. They just got up because they're programmed. They don't know nothing about flowing the spirit. They're programmed. But in that, in that dream, I'm teaching you how dreams work because the Lord, I'm supposed to wait till January, I think, but we'll see. But in the dream, there was a Bishop Oedipo was waiting to speak with me. There was another pastor there who knew me, who knows me, and he knows he may be familiar with Bishop Oedipo, I don't know. But in the dream, that pastor, because he knew Bishop Oedipo was waiting on me, that pastor walked up to Bishop Oedipo 
and begin to whisper stuff in his ear. As that pastor was whispering stuff in Bishop Ozutipo's ear, he kept his eyes on me. The Lord was showing me that getting ready to be pastors is going to try to talk you out of being with this man, or you might have one or two that I have the nerve to tell Bishop Oyudipo to leave you alone. So I didn't like that dream. I didn't like that dream at all. Okay. So the last one is the dream that I got last night. Now I got to remember it. Give me one second. Ah. Bishop Oyudipo was preaching at a small, like, seemed like a tent revival type service. It wasn't a lot of people there. And, and so, and, and, and he was in America. Um, now, mind you, Bishop Oyudipo does not know who I am yet, I think. So I've got as close as the assistant pastor. So when I go in December, they're supposed to be hooking it up. Well, even though it's this crazy conference, they said, no, we believe we can get him to make time for you. Biggest man, biggest church in the world, still gonna make to Never mind. You know, and they got all this stuff. They're gonna take me to all this stuff. Oh, I'm a, oh, yeah, I can't wait to come back. Well, let me tell you something. When I go there in December, let me tell you something. I will tell you that. When Moses went up that mountain, when he came back, he was a different man. I can tell you right now, when I go there, when I come back, it will not be the same individual. Okay? And it won't be no, it, it'll be more humble. It'll be more meekness. But I'm telling you, when I go back, I will come back. You're gonna see something on my face. I'm telling you. There's some things you have to go there and smell it and feel it and see it and hear it. And it gets in your skin and your DNA and it consumes you. And you come back to America and laugh. So in this dream, it's amazing, man. Oh, Lord, Lord, just want I go. My message is good. He just be tearing up all my stuff. You know, you sit up and prepare all of this. Stuff. By the way, the message that I was supposed to preach today um, I've been trying to preach it for the last week and a half. It hasn't happened yet. So didn't happen last Wednesday. <laughs> didn't happen last Sunday. <laughs> didn't happen this past Wednesday. And apparently didn't happen today. I don't even think I'm going to try tomorrow. So, so Bishop Oyuda was preaching to the small audience. And he's in America. In the dream, I know he's in America. And so I'm waiting. I'm like, oh, my goodness. I didn't know he was going to be here. And so I said, I'm going to try to talk to this man. So he finished preaching and then it was just a few people. And so he came off the stage and he was getting ready to leave to head to where he had to go. And so I ran up next to him. I said, hey, man, Bishop Oyedipo. I said, my name is Otha. You know how you get around somebody? You ever you ever you ever got ready to meet somebody important and, and you had spelled out the words exactly how you were going to say it? And, and 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 it could even be a first date, you know, or somebody you were going to approach, you know. And, and, and then when you actually run up on the person. You sound like a blundering idiot. You ever, you ever done that? Yeah. See, we all been there. So <laughs> I sounded crazy in the dream. <laughs> and so, but I did manage to get out. Hey, my name is Otha and I'm a pastor and I plan on coming to visit you in December in Nigeria. Now, as we were walking, because maybe he's used to people always approaching him as he's walking, he wasn't being rude, but he kept on walking because, you know, I'm just listening to this young man talk to me. When I said that, he stopped. And he stopped, and the look on his face said, you must be the one the Holy Ghost told me about. I knew it in a dream. And then look at what the man said. Ah. This is all he said. Ah, I, mean, I, I can't explain, explain the expression on his face, 
when I said my name and I'm a guy, the way he responded, I knew that God had, I, I just knew it. And that's how the dream ended. He said, what God needs to be done in America, I can't do, but you can do it, my son. And the dream ended. So, the deep part about that is that for five years, I've shared that with my wife, for five years, I felt like, the Holy Ghost had never said anything, but I felt like God had connected me to that man, one, because of my heart, but two, because of the arrogance of the American preacher that Bishop Oedipo would not be able to do in America what he did in many other countries. And so God was going to ask me to connect to him because they'll respect an American minister because all they see with these African and Chinese guys and all that it is, third world countries. I have rarely met a pastor that when I brought up these things that didn't make the statement, oh, well, it's different in third world countries. No, it's not. Truth is a universal principle and its results are the same in any nation. I understand that sometimes they don't have access to medication and so they have to exercise faith, but you can do that on, on purpose. Just reject the medication. We use these things as a crutch to not have faith. I'm not saying you're wrong for taking medication. Don't, don't take that the wrong way. I'm just saying that as leaders, we got to stop being careful. We want to send a, send a church on, out, on outreach. Well, you know, we, we got to be careful. Mm-hmm, I know. As they said in that movie Heat, you can get killed walking your dog. It's always, we talk, you know what I mean by we. You know, when, you were, when you're really rebuking people and you want to be offended, you put yourself in the bunch. You know, we, we talk this good game in the pulpit. We lions, and, and we'll slap the devil, and oh man, I wish somebody would do such and such. Oh, we talk this big old game. We shouting, we running around, we looking for, is there a devil in the corner? I mean, we oh, slap the devil off you too. If you, you know what I'm saying? We do all that type of stuff. And then as soon as we get ready to have an event, like at Stone Mountain, well, you know, we don't know if we want people to bring umbrellas because it's a security issue. Uh, no, umbrellas is a rain issue. You know what I'm saying? It's, and a shade issue. I ain't trying to be out there at Stone Mountain. There is no shade on that field. And if I can't bring my umbrella, uh, I don't know if I'm willing to get skin burned for Jesus yet. You know what I'm saying? I'm just keeping it real. Me and the son don't get along. I get, I get along quite fine with the son of God. <laughs> but not that one up in the sky. Me and him don't get along that well. I'm trying to hear all that. Send an outreach team on the street. Well, you know, we got to be careful. Understand being careful. Somebody get, watch this. Somebody get killed, so we stop outreach. No, somebody get killed, you send double the force out there. Quit. So, I just want to share that with you. I'd only plan on sharing last night's dream, but then as I got ready to share it, I just felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, no, go back to the beginning and, and share this with your people because of where you are going. And share this on the media page because the pastors that are listening. You know, um, I didn't ask to do, you know, you got, you have this thing out here now where, because like when I started the church, you have people, you have these pastors that they reach it out to you and they want to help you and, how you going to help me? You just started your church last year. You know what I'm saying? But really what it is, is there's this thing out here where men are looking. 
that pastors are looking for spiritual sons for pride's sake. Yeah, see, I got these three pastors underneath me. Okay, and, and for pride's sake and for control's sake. When Pastor Reggie connected to us, man, I met him at a, at a meeting between clergy and police officers. And I was out there with another pastor that I had been, I just got filled with the Holy Ghost and was sharing some things with him. And Reggie walked up to us and he was like, hey man, you know, boom, 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 and he remembered me. He said, I'm getting ready to open up this church. He said, and, and this is what I'm going to call it. He said, what y'all think? I know, forget this. I said, well, the fact that you asking me proves you didn't hear from God. Because when God tells you something, you don't ask what nobody thinks. You just do it. And no matter what anybody got to say, I know the Lord told me to leave my job. I'm out. Let the Lord tell you to leave your job for real. You don't care what them people say. I left my job. They talked about me like a dog. Out. See ya. Now they laid off and I'm over here. Who was I saying? Oh, yeah, yeah. So Pastor Reggie came. And I said, look, man, this is what you got to do. I've met with Pastor Reggie probably about 15, 18 times. And, and the time before the last one, he said something. You know, you're just trying to do the right thing. He said, I just want to commend you. I said, for what? I ain't even do nothing. I'm just. And he said, he said, do you know that I've talked to a lot of pastors. He'd been assistant pastor at four different churches in Atlanta. One closed. Two of them were corrupt. The last one he was at, pastors slept around for the fourth time, so he had to step down. And so uh, he said, but he said, you're the first guy. I'm just trying to show you the nature of what we're doing. He said, you are the first pastor that every time I meet with you, you never talk about yourself. He said, you always point me to God. He said, all of the other guys say, well, you should do it this way because we do it this way. Do it this way. He said, you always tell me, man, I don't even know what I'm doing. You need to seek the Lord. He said, you train me how to follow God. The other guys train me how to follow them. And that's how I was taught. I, was tra- I wasn't taught to follow God. I was taught to follow pastors. And they don't know what they're doing. Blind leading the blind. That's why ain't no revival in any of them places right now. Okay. So, uh, so that's what's going on. So, you know, we have people that are contacting us. And when Reggie came, sat, Reggie came and sat right there in that chair where my wife's Percy is. He prayed in tongues. He said, it's the first time I prayed in tongues in the service, even though he prayed in tongues because no church would allow it. And the first time he prayed in tongues, sitting right there, the Holy Ghost spoke to him in an audible voice. Yeah, that old poverty name you came up for the church, that ain't the name. The name of the church is called Revive Church. This is deep. How many of you know it seems like Revive Church might be a very common name? You assuming, though, that the other Revive Churches obeyed God with the name. So after all of these years, Revive Church and mysteriously, the domain name RevivedChurch.org was available. Because when God got something for you, he hold everybody back. I'm still amazed at this house situation. I was sitting up there scratching my head today just looking at the house. I cannot believe this mess right here. That's how I talk. The fact that some of y'all have been to my house, a lot of y'all been to my house. And, and the fact that that house, some of y'all been there, if you've been there, you know, oh, yeah, this is crazy right here. This couldn't have been nothing but God. That house in that prime spot across the street from that little park, the neighbor to my left, when we moved in, had been there for eight years. And the neighbor to my right had been there for eight years. And the whole, the whole neighborhood had been done. 
Every house had a family in it. Whole neighborhood done. We roll up and there's there's not a house there, folk. There is nothing but dirt with some orange barricades because nobody felt the need to build a house right there. And then we roll up at that particular time. Just so happened that the permit had already been pulled. Just so happened to the Lord, not the Lord. Just so happened I had set aside three thousand dollars for the tax return. Just so happened that was the amount that was needed for the down payment to hold the house. Walk into that situation, we were able to pick out everything, every color, and it just so happened that that was exactly what we had on paper. After the Holy Ghost had told me not to look for a house for a year. That's the revelation that you got to get. What God has for you is for you. And ain't no prophet, no pastor, no apostle, no evangelist, no teacher, somebody who got all five titles. It doesn't matter how big their church is. Doesn't matter how close to God they are. That was a lesson I had to learn for myself. There is nobody on this planet that can stop what God has for you. Now, it might seemingly be delayed. You might be over in a corner by yourself because every church has rejected you, but give it time. Because God don't respect nobody when it comes to what he has for you. You don't care what no other preacher got to say. You wouldn't be preaching without my grace. Half of them preaching without the grace. That's why it ain't no power. Stupid New Year's Eve services. Next year is going to be a year of such, 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 such. Then it doesn't come to pass. And then in December, you know, the Lord can do it. He got four more weeks. No, if the Lord ain't done it in 12 months, he ain't about to do it in four more weeks. Y'all keep saying this crap every single year. And the people keep drinking the Kool-Aid because they don't know any better. That's what sheep do. They just go to the slaughter willingly. And every pastor is called to turn sheep into lions. But they coming in as sheep. And turn it into ostriches and, and squirrels and, and bats, bugs. And, and nothing worse than the Lord giving you something and you tear it up. Okay? So, that was good. Lord said to tell you just like the dream that you had last night. Mm. He says, so shall that dream come to pass. So shall it be. Amen. He said, when you go over to Nigeria and you will meet with him. Mm -hmm. And he said, when you meet with him, he said, your whole life will change because Bishop Oyedipo has carried an extraordinary measure of cost mm -hmm. for this ministry. Wow. Whew, thank you, Jesus. And then I saw in the realm of the spirit, why, as you were sitting with him, just like it asked, I never seen the vest, but whatever the vest was like, it was like clogged shoes that you had. They was fully covered in the front, but it was like a scrap on the back. And it was placed in front of you. But in order for you to put the clogged shoes on, it was like a kind of purple stroll was rolled up. I could see you taking it out and you open it up and it was the instructions. So when you go over there, whatever's on that stroll is going to be instructions that you get. 
that you will use that here. Mm -hmm. And then I saw you put the shoes on, but it was like you was leaping in the shoes from every continent. Mm -hmm. It's weird. I, I can only describe what I'm saying. You mm -hmm. was literally leaping from every continent in these shoes. But with that stroll, it's almost, it's what? Got it, Father. What he's giving you on that stroll is going to be the thing that's going to help bring the church and prepare it for his coming. Mm, amen. That's how serious it is. Okay. All right. Thank you. Just so y'all know, that's, that's how the, the pastoral and the prophetic work together. The, there are some things that I just can't see. And there are some things that the prophet just can't discern until that wisdom comes in. It's just a, all it is is just a, how many know the Bible says to submit one to another? Yes. Don't y'all wish, never mind. <laughs> we don't have to wish that here. But yes, it is serious. And, but you know, let me say something. Sometimes what the Lord has for you is way beyond your intellect of understanding when it comes to how serious it is. Because I don't know how many people listen. We know that there's thousands listening. I know I get calls from I get a lot of call, not calls, that's happened too, but I get a lot of emails, um, particularly from India, all over the continent of Africa, every once in a while Chinese, and would you help us? And I know that I can't, and I know it's not the season for that, but I know the time is coming. And um, because what's very dangerous is the way the kingdom works is you connect to something and then you shoot past it. That's so why Jesus told the disciples, y'all are connected to me. You should be able to do greater works than me when I'm done. It's a reason why Joshua did what Moses could not do. It's a reason why David did what Saul could not do. It's a reason why Elisha did what Elijah could not do. It's a reason for that. It's how the kingdom of God operates. And so there's supposed to be this constantly up, 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 where the ones who come behind can go greater. It's not a, it's not a, disrespectful thing it's actually let me tell you something your weight as a leader is can you create somebody that's better than you anybody can create somebody is that's less you know what i'm saying that ain't doing nothing no, you just, i don't know why that people think that's a, okay fine you got 100 people following you but what's the what's the health of their dna see so so with that you know take responsibility take responsibility okay um what you do for the Lord's ministry is going to make an impact. Uh, the, the, as the Holy Ghost told me, what I have called you to do will never be able to fit in four walls. And because it won't fit in four walls, at first the Lord will keep you in four walls because he gotta, he, they got to build you up on the inside. There's certain things you got to know, certain things you got to learn, certain things you got to see. We always want to grow faster than we are designed to grow. I mean, you know, the baby can't wait until he can crawl. Then he can't wait until he can walk. Then when they start walking, guess what you got to kind of say? Stop running throughout this house. Okay? They can't wait until they're 8. Can't wait until they're 12. Definitely can't wait until they're a teenager. When they come 13, they can't wait until they're 16. Can't wait until they're 18. Can't wait until they're 21. By the time they get 30, all right, let's slow this down a bit, Jesus. Say, well, guess what? No matter how much a five-year-old wants to be a teenager, it will not happen until that certain amount of time has gone by. Same way spiritually. There are just some things you will not know until time goes by. And so God is not into time the way you are. You know, some of the guys that I'm mentoring, they're on the same path as me. 
So they get discouraged. I think this is my last one. They get discouraged because they look at other churches that blow up really fast. Blowing up really fast doesn't mean anything. Why are they blowing up fast? Because the very ones that blow up fast give it time. Then they start backing off and then people start leaving like crazy. I know because they keep coming here. I might share that. I can't share the church, but I can share it, I think. So, what was I, um, let me see here. See, that's what happens when I get off track too much. Um, I'm sorry. You did it, Lorana. It was your beauty that got me this morning. I'm not having the ability to concentrate. <laughs> I can't remember what I was going to say. So anyway, whatever. It'd be nice. You know, we gotta, I'm going to have to have a machine up here. And, and I just, oh, that's what I was saying. Okay, so, you know, the, 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 the point that I'm making is, is that, oh, that's what I was saying. Taking responsibility because there are souls that are hanging in the balance. Everything about this church is going to be just Jesus, souls, power, manifestation. Y'all, I hate to say this as a pastor, but I am so sick and tired of other pastors. I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm, I'm saying when I say it, it affected me to see the ignorance and the arrogance, the lack of humility, the speaking about things that you know nothing about than attacking other pastors because they disagree with your little sorry point of view. I'm just done with that. And so as a result of it, pretty much I'm not really doing stuff at all. I got a couple that I'm going to be doing stuff with. I can't deal with all of that, all of that gossiping and backbiting and, and just and and and, you know, and because we carry ourselves in an honorable way, they keep coming after us. It's just weird. It's like they know in the spirit our level, but they don't want us to be at that level. So they keep trying to pick apart and, 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 and we have freedom and they don't. And it's just really, really sad. So, hey, be grateful that you are part of something like this. I am every single day. We have a great work to do, but it's not going to come without a price. So I do know that that trip to Nigeria, I'm telling you, is going to be over. I know. And I'm trying to build myself up to it now. It's going to be over. Okay. So let's go ahead and stand. I think I'm going to keep that around. Thank you, Lord. Praises be unto thee. Hallelujah. Let's just lift our hands and just praise the Lord for a moment and bless his name and worship him for things that we have experienced, the things that we have heard. Father, we bless and honor you and give you thanks. Glory to God, hallelujah. We honor you on this morning, O oh Lord God, and give you thanks and praise. Glory to God, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praises be unto thee, O oh Father. Glory to God, hallelujah. We thank you, O oh Lord. Blessed be your holy name. Thank you, O Lord. Thank you, O Lord God. Thank you, O Lord God. Blessed be your holy name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 
to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Father God. Marissa, the Lord wanted me to uh, share with you that he knows that you seem a little disconnected and off. 
kind of like maybe at a season where you don't know quite where to go. Not necessarily because of anything you did, but just because of past certain things. But the only thing that I heard was that he wanted me to remind you that he is a question answering God. And that there is no question that you will ever ask him that he will not answer. And so everything that you have a question about, it's almost like, uh, it's almost like a, I see you sitting by a tree with just writing question after question. Lord, what does this mean and what is this? So I don't know for what, but I don't know why I felt like I was supposed to share that, but that the Lord wants you to know that in the same similar type of way, it's like he needs to bring you up really fast. I don't know for what. Could be just that you're behind. You know, no parent wants his child to be behind. You know what I mean? So it could just be that, but it will require that, I guess maybe, I don't know if there's some type of barrier or something, Well, because most people in this room have been there in regards to, I don't know if the Lord will really answer this question. And the big thing to remember is, is that the questions that you ask God, he will answer them, but not in your timing, he is. Some will be answered immediately. Some will be answered a month later. Some will be answered by you watching a television show. Others, God will give you an experience so that when he answers the question, you'll never have it again. Okay? So just start there. Answer, Lord, all of your questions. That's very, I think, man, that's a word for everybody. Would you agree? That's a word for everybody. So we're going to press. This is the season for us to press into what Lisa prophesied a few weeks ago. That they would know us as that church. Not the church that gossiped. Not the one that had scandals but at the church that operated in a dimension of power. I wanted to be an example, not for pride's sake, but to show people this can be done. You know, Lori mentioned that I was ministering. You know, you have to be careful when I get off like that. Lori said that she saw an angel behind me with great wings. And, and, and I was over here and I was trying to preach. And every time I try to go back to that sermon, you know, she said that angel would be there kind of directing me out, like having his hand in me and, kind of directing me and pushing me back over to what he want me to say. And I try to go back over. You see me do that a million times. And I try to go back and that angel would move me back over there. And, and when I got through saying what the Lord wanted me to say, she said the angel flew out the room through the ceiling. Okay. Other people see. Some people have wisdom. Some people have discernment. Some people have prophetic gifts. And some people have what you call the ability to see. It's an actual calling, by the way, called a seer. The reason that's called that is because they see things that others cannot and we have to trust what they see okay and how many i want to be a part of church where it blows your mind every single weekend i want to see this stuff you know what i'm saying and we've been seeing it in raindrops but now it's coming because it's an awesome price to pay when the lord tells you to go to china and you don't have any money he tells you to go to the airport you go to the bathroom come out the bathroom and you're in china Gotta pay a price for that. And y'all, do you know the biggest price is simply to get rid of unbelief? That's actually the biggest price. The biggest price that we have to pay to see the fullness of God is to get rid of our fear and unbelief. You get rid of those two things, God will show you anything. Okay, so how many of y'all glad y'all came to church? I'm so glad. I'm, I really like my church. I really, I really. So.